This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to these eternal legionnaires. Chiara Gambuzza, DZ90909, from Italica Garrison. Roland Klippel, TK2231, from German Garrison. And Bernie Wrightson, who many know as the artist who co-created Swamp Thing. But to us, he's forever ID78744 from Star Garrison. We honor them all in our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial Network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's fist celebrate promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. So welcome back to the 501st cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 102 for May 2017, and here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. I'm Joe, SL12743. And Marcus, TK14057. 501st Legion is currently at 11,284 members with 20,488 costumes approved for the Legion. And I thought we'd try something new this episode and also give a shout out to whomever is our newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of recording. So this shout out goes out to Matthias Wenning, TI90870, the newest member of our German garrison which brings them to a whopping 729 active members. Definitely our largest garrison. So this episode, we finally get back on air to talk about Celebration Orlando, tell you about our numerous troops and hospital visits, and announce even more new pages in our costume reference library. Coming up next. Recent news. We have another big list of new CRLs for you this episode. For those new to the acronym, it stands for Costume Reference Library. It outlines all the key details we review for membership approvals on each costume. Our Imperial Officer Corps finished up their first new-to-the-Legion CRL this year. Governor Arenda Price from Rebels is now online. And for those who'd like to be a First Order General but don't want to go Carrot Top, IOC has completed the Generic First Order General CRL. They also completed the CRL for the animated version of Admiral Tarkin, and we'll have links to all of these in our show notes. The Armored Cavalry Detachment finished work on the AT-ACT driver from Rogue One. Speaking of the ACD, for the AT-AT driver, the Don Post helmet is no longer permitted for basic approval. That helmet is grandfathered in, but cannot be used for a new approval. If you sport this helmet with an approved costume, please carry on trooping in it. See, I was confused by this. If they want us to say ADAT driver, how are we supposed to say ADACT driver? That just doesn't sound good. I thought it's We need to be more consistent. I thought there was some meme out there that says that you're supposed to say ADAT. I don't know. I, th- I thought Pablo said ATAT, but I could be wrong. Uh, that, would, that would work out a lot better with the ATACT because... Ad act just is glue. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't sound good. 
Well, anyways, we have the CRL. I guess that's all that matters. Congratulations to Crate Clan on adding another skiff guard to their detachment. Weekway is now ready for GML approval. And Crate Clan also just added your favorite droid-hating bartender, Were Does he only have one name? Did we ever figure out if he has a... Is that his first name, his last name? I didn't even know he had a name, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think I only knew that because he has an action figure. <laughs> Spec Ops is always filled with black, shiny ray of goodness, and Triple uh, Zero is no exception. Spec Ops have also completed updating the existing EVO Trooper CRL. It is now green and ready for GML approval. Captain Ithano from The Force Awakens is now ready for GML approval. For the moment, this costume doesn't have a detachment home, but don't let it deter you. Flagship Eclipse completed work on the Darth Malik CRL, so check out a link to his creepiness in our show notes. Jolly Roger Squadron, who I hope to be a part of soon, completed all the required update work to make the existing Baron Sunterfell CRL green. Baron Sunterfell from the Legacy Comics. About time. Yep. Normally, the clone trooper detachment dominates this report, but this time they just had a small change. The camo ARF waxer helmet entry and photo now includes the logo on the side of the helmet and the correct number of diagonal stripes. The clone's attention to detail is pretty intense, I would say. And then, one for fun, FISD added the space pack to the A New Hope stunt stormtrooper CRL. So... Once again, you can check out links to all of these new goodies in our show notes. And thanks again to Legion Membership Officer Eric, TK9674, for giving us these announcements. And good work to all of the detachments for your work the past couple months. We'll talk more about Celebration Orlando in a minute. But first, we wanted to give a shout out and congrats to honorary member Corey D. Williams. He released his first episode of the Cloud City Funk series, video shot entirely at Star Wars 40th Anniversary Celebration Orlando and features Billy D. Williams, Mark Hamill, Ray Park, Deep Roy, and many members of the 501st Legion. A signature move used in the video came to be known as the Cloud City or the Lando Point. Take a listen. The now follows a short presentation paid for by the Cloud City Board of Tourism. We'll have links in our show notes where you can download it and listen to the rest, uh, as well as Corey D's social media links. So it's now been over a month since Celebration Orlando. I still have suitcases in my living room that I have not yet unpacked, but... (laughs) Really? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> that just proves how much fun I had, right? Yeah, you don't um, you don't want to yeah. unpack all the memories. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just don't want to put it away. Just want to <laughs> just savor it and look at it in the middle of my living room. Uh, but obviously, Marcus and I got a chance to go to Celebration Orlando, and um, 
I was there with my family. Did you bring your family or were you solo, Marcus? Um, I went with a friend of mine from Germany who came over. But yeah, otherwise it was just, just the two of us. So hopefully we kind of got to see differing things. I kind of focused on stuff that my kids wanted to do at the convention. And I think... Hopefully you got to see more panels than I did because I only got to like two panels. Um, <laughs> but this uh, sort of uh, in disloyalty to the 501st Legion, uh, we kind of focused on the droid building this year because um, Florida is something that we can drive to and Anaheim, we couldn't bring mm-hmm. our droid because it's too far. Um, so we did a lot of stuff um, with the droid builders. We had our droid in his first droid races and and that sort of stuff. So that was a lot of fun to get to do that for the first time. Um, it Unfortunately, the consequences of that meant that uh, I missed the 501st Legion group picture because it was the same time as the droid races. Oh, I missed no. the Rebels. Uh, I missed the Rebels season four. Uh panel because it was also opposite the 501st Legion group picture and the droid races. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. this is definitely one of those giant events where you have to make, you know, choices. Um, since my son is really into Battlefront, we got to go to the Battlefront panel, Battlefront 2 panel. So that one was pretty exciting getting to see the new female TIE fighter pilot costume and um, I know Jolly Roger Squadron's already working on uh, specs for Inferno Squad. Uh, so that'll be very cool to have uh, another TIE pilot variation. Um, i trying to think what are the... Oh, the other panel I got to do was um, Disney Park Merchandise. And Ashley Eckstein crashed that panel. So that was pretty neat. Um, hopefully folks have already seen, you know, tons of videos from our uh, 501st Experience Room, from the Bash um, and the Banquet. I know we posted on our mm-hmm. Facebook page... The video of um, that was played at the banquet, where different honorary members kind of chimed in and wished us a happy 20th anniversary. So that was pretty cool. If you didn't already see that, you'll have to kind of scroll down our Facebook video um, links there and check that out. What kind of droid uh, droid did you bring? What do you have? We have a regular R2D2, I guess, sort of Dagobah-ish because he's quite weathered. Um, and we were very excited. Of There was 100 droids overall, about 27 of them registered to compete in the races. And we came in number seven for our first time racing. We were so excited. We beat, or we got um, beat by Chopper, though. Chopper beat us. Oh. Yeah. But, oh, well. you know, he's smaller and lighter <laughs> and faster. <laughs> Let's see. What did I do? So we got there Wednesday. Um, panel wise, we did the, uh, the opening ceremonies. Uh, we didn't get into the, um, what is it called? Celebration? No, was it main stage? I forgot the names already. Uh, it wasn't the, the big hall. We were into one of these overflow ones. Um, so that was good. And then the last Jedi panel we did the day after, um, I did miss the, Rebels won like you did because of the group picture, which was amazing. Um, somebody posted a number close to, I don't know, 900 plus, I think. So definitely the best attended uh, group picture ever, which was kind of, it went a lot smoother than um, last time. So that, that was good. Um, yeah, otherwise, I tried to do just a variety of things. Um, um, I did the costume contest for 
forever. I mean, it's it's been a long time since I've attended that panel and uh, or that that competition. But the stuff that people come up with um, and the talent involved in creating those costumes was just amazing. Um, there was a triple zero as well. We mentioned him just before in the uh, mm-hmm. in the uh, GMLs and um, uh, CRLs. I mean, and that was um, yeah, just amazing. I, I don't have I don't have that talent, but if I ever do, um, I'd be I'd be definitely taking something into consideration, building something like that. It, it was just uh, incredible. But um, yeah, just I was just uh, really trying to meet as many people as possible. I saw you finally, Nikki, and. Um, at the patch and coin trader event. Um, that yeah, was that fun. was madness. <laughs> <laughs> it was madness. It was so hot and humid and sticky. Oh my gosh. Absolute crazy. Um, the banquet was great. The bash was incredible. Um, for those who haven't ordered this yet, there is, what is this called? This, this VR viewer um, that people can order. Um People went, I don't know, I forgot the company name, but you can find it on the boards, on the merchandise boards. Um, there's this company went around and videotaped um, uh, the, the the bash. Or no, sorry, I think it was the banquet and maybe the bash or one of them or both. And you can order that and kind of relive the memories of, uh, of those events from like a first person point of view, which um, I think is worth the investment. Uh, yeah, you can find that on the merchandise boards. But otherwise, it was, I think, the most attended celebration um, uh, ever, 70-plus thousand people. And it, it really showed. I mean, just standing in line was something that you had to take into consideration. I mean, anything you wanted to do. The were store, uh, yeah. Were you part of that uh, mile-plus-long line right before celebration started? I saw pictures on Facebook of people, and it looked like uh, I think the line went um, over well over a mile trying to get into the convention center right before celebration started. Yes. Were, were you in that line? Yeah, that was yeah, that was the first <laughs> the first morning. Uh, they only had one entrance, which they oh. rectified the the days after. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, that kind of turned me off, to be honest. Um, but I'm glad they they changed they changed that. So um, it was it was yeah, pretty. Uh, it was it was warm, which was good. It didn't rain or anything, so it was okay. Yeah, the sort of rumor I guess that I heard is that because um, George Lucas and Harrison Ford were there the first day, they had a lot of extra security and um, you know bag checks and the metal detectors and all that kind of stuff was on site, and so they were mm-hmm. they were really trying to focus on security and didn't have enough of the those you know metal detector arch thingies for people to walk through so that's why they only had the one okay. entrance and then for the other days those two weren't there so they could ease it off a little bit of the hype, the heightened security but yeah yeah I didn't even attempt that line <laughs> I just <laughs> went in after it had settled down cuz the line was so long yeah it was I mean that was um, that's understandable. If that was the reason, then okay, that's fine. Um, def- speaking of like highlights, um, or just pointing out some highlights, uh, that panel was although not being in the room with um, Harrison and George and then John Williams, that was definitely a highlight of of the celebration. All those you know surprises uh, dur- during that panel. So for those who maybe 
haven't haven't seen it yet, you can always go to YouTube and, and rewatch it. But just being, you know, sort of close to the to the action was uh, was just incredible. Especially Harrison Ford first night of celebration. So that was mm-hmm. that was pretty good. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> I, I can't so, wait for uh, can't wait for two years from now. I think it's going to be in your neck of the woods, uh, Joe. But guess guess we'll see. Well, uh, I, I hope it is, and uh, but it, you know, if not, that's okay. And uh, wherever uh, uh, they want to put it, uh, I'll try to be there. If not, well, one of us, I'm sure, will, will at least one of us will make it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, my uh, my theory is that because Star Wars Land is also going to be opening in 2019, that they're going to have it near one of the parks. And as far as I know, Star Wars Land is opening in both parks at the same time, so that gives us a fifty fifty. For which yep. coast it'll be on? Uh-huh. Well, we'll just have to make a sabak bet then and uh, see where it ends up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, one of the other things I wanted to mention is obviously we we try to fundraise at every event that we do and celebration. That you know is no different. We're still gonna fundraise there. So, for um, on the main, obviously our room. For people who had seen the 501st experience, our room was up on the second floor, which did cause a little bit of confusion because if you looked for us on the main map, we weren't there. Um, other than this little tiny spot that said, I don't even know what it said, but it was our blaster trooper, basically. So our blaster trooper range was on the main floor, but all the rest of our room and exhibit and, and stuff was up on the second floor. Um, but some people must have found our blaster trooper because. Um, we raised three thousand eight hundred and thirty-five dollars towards the Make a Wish Fund, our endowment fund. Um, so there must have been a lot of kids that were having fun um, shooting at the targets. Um, and also, we were able to fundraise at our um, bash and banquet. So where did I put those numbers? So we got um, we we decided to split that up into two charities. So Make-A-Wish Endowment Fund got half, and then Rancho Obi-Wan, which is Steve Sansweet's museum, um, got the other half. So each um, organization got a check for $12,410. So that was – I was quite flabbergasted because this was basically – well, not all of the money, but some of this money was um, after we had already – took care of everything for the banquet and the bash and the bash was amazing i mean we had weird al at our bash so i you know i thought the costs were going to be astronomical but we still ended up with enough surplus and we always any of these kind of large functions we obviously charge for admission and cover our costs and then anything that's left over always goes to charity so I was like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll be able to give them, you know, a thousand dollars or something. <laughs> but no, nope, mm-hmm. each each company or each organization um, got twelve thousand four hundred and ten dollars. So that's going to put a nice um, dent in our endowment fund, which, you know, we're I think we're at 88 percent of that. And then mm-hmm. um, and then Rancho Obi-Wan is going to be able to use this. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, go check out our Facebook page and the picture. We um, we screen cap the picture of the um, conference call when we let Rancho Obi Wan know 
the amount of the donation we were going to give him. So you can see Steve's face and Ann Newman's face and and how they reacted when we told them. So it's really <laughs> cute. Oh, and just uh, in case people don't know, this this money doesn't go for any purchases, any merchandise purchases. It's just maintenance, uh, security, etc. This is Steve Sansweet. TK6590, and you're listening to the 501st Cast. Mission reports. Our members made a ton of hospital visits in April and May. Here's some of them. On March 30th, members of Star Garrison's Central Texas Squad and Rebel Legion's Kessel Base welcomed children to a Star Wars party at the hospital to bring smiles and cheer to the children fighting life-threatening and serious illnesses. They took pictures with and socialized with the kids, parents, and medical staff. Much joy and cheer was had by all. We'll have links to a group photo in our show notes. Thanks to Michelle, ID90813, for that report. With springtime comes Caroline McGarrison's first visit to Hemby Children's Hospital for the year. They had seven 501st and Rebel Legion members come out for the f- visit and even managed a couple of firsts, even though they've been doing this troop for eight years. This visit was the first time they had a Jawa and the first time they had a Chewbacca available to visit the kids. And the kids went nuts for them. Everyone had a great time visiting them with the kids, taking pictures and passing out activity books and trading cards. There were even a couple respiratory Tory nurses who checked out Darth Vader. <laughs> the prognosis wasn't good. They wanted to have him admitted. Thanks to Lewis DZ6570, disguised as a rebel pilot, for that report. Yeah, I wish I was there to uh, to witness that scene. I wonder how uh, Vader got out of being admitted, because I know those nurses can be, you know, rather firm when they want to to take care of your health. So our Aurora Borealis Alaskan Outpost visited the Providence Medical Center on April 13th. And apparently they visit this hospital a lot as this was their 13th Star Wars event in just two years. They try to visit almost monthly. Families and patients of the Children's Hospital got to visit and interact with our members who visited their rooms. Then on April 21st, the outpost headed to Alaska Native Medical Center. Families and patients of the inpatient pediatric units of the hospital got the chance to visit with five members of the 501st and Rebel Legion. We're sure that both those visits gave the patients and their families at each hospital a much-needed distraction from their routine medical activities. Then, in an effort not to give all the Star Wars excitement only to those who get to work the day shifts, Alaskan Outpost headed back to the Providence Hospital the evening of April 25th to visit with the emergency room's night shift. They visited mostly with staff, but sometimes it's not just patients who could use a little distraction and some Star Wars excitement. Thanks to Jennifer, IC84864, for those reports, and we'll have a link to photos from that final visit in our show notes. Ecuador Garrison also had a hospital visit. On April 24th, seven members had a fun morning visiting the patients at Hospital Dr. Roberto Gilbert for children. They met some awesome kids and their families and had a great time. Old Line Garrison submitted their mission report roundup for the month of April. They had at least 20 events across the state of Maryland, with six of those being on April 8th alone. Here are a few of them. On April 8th, Old Line attended CecilCon. They had the same booth area as last year, but a bit more space so they could pose for photos with their backdrop and not being in their neighbor's way. They had plenty of people stop by and talk to them, 
Some had never heard of, about the Fiber First or what we do. Old Line was happy to educate them. Apparently, Charles from Terrapin Base and OLGXO Alan Shepard did a podcast, so we'll have to bug them for a link so we can add that to our show notes. So you can check out that as well. Shout out to Kyle on his first troop and to Ryan for his 10th and first anniversary troop. On April 20th, Old Line and three Mano Mercs attended Deep Run Elementary School PTA's Star Wars Night. The kids and their family members were absolutely thrilled to see the characters. The activities were split between the cafeteria and gym. Troopers joined in with some Star Wars trivia, but the kids would not be fooled by attempts to throw them off the correct answers. TK86347 was honored to receive a piece of artwork from one of the kids. In the gym, some promising youngsters dueled with balloon lightsabers, and others were bowling with Stormtrooper bowling pins. Then on April 22nd, Old Line attended the Eastport Annapolis Neck Library Party. They were joined by Madison, a journalism student from University of Maryland College Park. Old Line's attending Imperial officer, Melissa, sat for a quick interview while the stormtroopers got ready. Once done suiting up, they proceeded through the library and tried to make it to the conference room, which was set up for the party. Of course, the library patrons were very excited to see three stormtroopers and an Imperial officer, so they had to stop for a few photos first. Inside the conference room, there were snacks, books, art projects, a scavenger hunt, and other activities. Many of the kids had brought their own lightsabers, so there were many duels throughout the room. All the kids were good about not actually hitting our troopers or each other with weapons, so that was a plus. Madison filmed the proceedings and interviewed a few of the kids, parents, and library staff. Troopers gave out many high fives and fist bumps, answered questions, and posed for photos. And before they knew it, it was time to head back to change. Madison requested one more interview, and one of OLG's stormtroopers, Bill, obliged, while the rest changed and packed up. The library staff plied our members with sandwiches and sodas, and then they headed out just as the library was closing. Then, on April 27th, Old Line Garrison members got to visit Army Research Labs in Adelphi. They had to arrive at the base at 7 a.m. and were directed to reserved parking. Once into the complex, they were given name badges and escorted to a conference room where they suited up. Once ready, they were escorted to the main lobby and then to the auditorium where they stood front and center while waiting for the opening briefing. Their presence garnered lots of cheers and applause, and the kids were really into it, as well as the parents. Then they were led out of the auditorium to make way for the Army Honor Guard and presentation of the colors. They took the opportunity for a quick water break, and then they headed back to the lobby for hundreds of photo ops. Members also talked to several soldiers who were interested in joining the 501st. After the troop, OLG members were given a small tour of the labs and saw some of the cool stuff they were working on. Members were presented with challenge coins from the base director as a thank you for coming. In fact, Legionnaires were thanked profusely by the event hosts for appearing, but our members felt it was their honor to do this small task for the troops and their families. Commander Nao, 8A260 of 70 Explorers Garrison's Firehawk Squad, sent in this report. On Sunday, April 2nd, I was the coordinator for the Tippecop fundraiser for Special Olympics. The local law enforcement of Lee Summit helped wait on tables at a local restaurant to raise money for the Special Olympics of Missouri. This is one of several yearly events they hold. We were there from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m., but the law enforcement was there from open to close. We spent most of our time outside posing with families before and after they got done eating. They even had a local friend bring a homemade X-Wing for us to pose by. 
At the end of the day, the officers raised $6,500 to help the Special Olympics of Missouri. A job well done by all involved. On April 28th, Old Line Garrison was able to support the Special Olympics as well. They attended an opening ceremonies event in Westminster, Maryland, and helped cheer on the athletes. Their parents, police, which were the charity sponsors, and competitors were very appreciative of our members' visit. One parent said their child spent the last two weeks talking about the fact that the Firefighters would be there. We've become a regular feature at, the, at those games. The two stormtroopers trooped for four hours, but they were so busy, the time flew by very fast. Well, April 2nd was supposed to have been the ninth annual Texas Autism Bike Ride and Fun Run at the Georgetown High School, but it started raining. Then it started hailing. And then there was a tornado warning issued. So everyone took shelter in the high school's gym. And even though the fun run itself was canceled, Star Garrison Central Texas squad member Andy, TK18008, and a new recruit wearing a borrowed Mando costume stayed in costume and had tons of fun hanging out with the kids anyway. So I'll have a link to a photo from the beginning of the event when they braved the rain to pose under the outdoor event banner. Thanks to Andy, TK18008, for that report. On April 8th, Japanese Garrison deployed TK-3416 and Squire ID-12291 to Kajikawa River Park at the request of the Kajikawa River Loving Society. Kajikawa River is a cherry blossoming spot where 6,000 cherry blossoms once crowned. It was said to be the world's best, but much of its appearance was lost in 1966 flood damage. Today, there are about 2,000 cherry trees restored and bloomed. The event saw walkers, including elementary students, picking up garbage around the beautiful course. Japanese Garrison is honored to continue protecting the beautiful natural environment of their country. We'll have a link to a stunning pink-blossomed photo in our show notes. The next day, Japanese Garrison's Hideo TK-3416 and Atsuko, TK-12291, trooped at Shibata Castle Park at the request of the Shibata Tourist Association. Shibata Castle was built in 1598 by Hidenori Mitsugushi, the lord of first Shibata field in Japan. Although the stage event was canceled due to unfortunate rain, the overall event was still crowded with families who were looking for cherry blossom viewing. We'll have a photo from this troop as well in our show notes. Thanks to Hideo. TK3416 for those reports. And uh, just as a side note, we're very glad to hear from our Japanese garrison as um, we don't really talk about them that much. So keep those reports coming in. And thanks for Hideo for sending those reports. On April 15th, Aurora Borealis Alaskan Outpost attended Anchorage Promise Kids Day, a day to celebrate the kids and their families, a day to provide kids of all ages a day of laughter and fun. More than 80 youth-serving exhibitors gathered at the Dina Ina Convention Center to provide program information and fun activities for all to enjoy. Everything from face painting to prize wheels, street fair with bouncy house, a wild about reading program with free books and live stage performances, the Easter Bunny, and of course the 501st Legion. Alaskan Outpost members set up a blaster trooper station right next to a fully operational Death Star panel photo set. So check out the link to photos in our show notes. And thanks to Jennifer, IC84864, for that report. I think our Alaska Outpost is another unit that we don't normally get a chance to report on. So kudos to Jennifer for putting a bunch of mission reports up for us to read. That's awesome. 
Empire City Garrison was tapped by Lucasfilm and Disney to appear at the New York International Car Show at the Javits Convention Center in New York City on Saturday, April 22nd and 23rd from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. each day. Thankfully, it was four different troopers each day, with only two troopers out on the floor at a time, so they could troop in shifts. The Nissan booth was impressive with a giant Death Star, two cars made up like an X-Wing and Rebel Helmet, a VR experience, a trooper screen that turned you into a stormtrooper, and the Rogue One edition black and white rogues. The 501st was tasked with standing in front of a Rogue One background and pose for photos with visitors to Nissan's booth. It was a bit grueling, but they provided a large changing space and lunch. Nissan management was thrilled to have us there, and we were very excited and honored to be able to be part of the event. Plus, troopers got to check out the auto show between shifts. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, and Anthony, TK10666, for that report. On April 27th, Empire City Garrison attended the first ever Children's Appreciation Day at Ford Wadsworth for the United States Coast Guard in Staten Island, New York. Mike Guzman, TK42104, and Michael D. Guzman, TK11435, were there to represent the ECG at, at the event. The goal of the event was to acquaint the children of current USCG members on what their parents do and why the sacrifices their families make are so important. The 501st rule was to provide escort to the children during the first half of the tour and post for pictures. Thanks to Michael, TK11435, for that report. Uh, Central California Garrison, along with Endor Base of the Rebel Legion, the Mandalorian Mercs Costuming Club, and the R2 Builders Club returned for the second year to the Sacramento Zoo for Star Wars Day on April 29th. This nonprofit zoo inspires conservation awareness through education and recreation and is home to over 140 native, rare, and endangered species. CCG's own Anthony Bailey, TD8266, serves as the zoo's facilities director and helped coordinate what has become one of CCG's most anticipated troops of the year. With a record number of troopers in attendance, they once again helped to triple the attendance of the zoo with a patronage of almost 7,900 people, resulting in $68,000 going to the conservation and education efforts. So there were 37 members from Central California Garrison, two from Golden Gate, three from Southern California Garrison, 15 from the Rebel Legion, three Mercs, and one R2 builder for a grand total of 61 characters visiting the zoo. So check out the photo link in our show notes. And thanks to Anthony, ST12963, for that report. That's incredible. How many members were there? Or or characters, I guess. I don't even, we don't even have that many in my whole garrison. So it's like (laughs) a foreign concept to me. Yeah, it says a grand total of 61 characters. That's about uh, how much we have show up from the different clubs uh, for hillsides uh, in the summertime, which is coming up. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's amazing, too, from all over the state. So glad to see California uh, doing some uh, great stuff there. Well, May is definitely the month for anniversaries and celebrations between 501 Day, May the 4th, Revenge of the 5th, Free Comic Book Day, and the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. We're trooping hard all month long. Here's some of what we were up to on Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Aurora Borealis Alaska Outpost were up super early to be on K-Bear 104.1, and even though it was a radio show, they still suited up and appeared in costume. After that, they headed to K-Whale Radio to talk with that radio station's host about Star Wars. 
Then, that afternoon, they visited the Anchorage Public Library. There were lots of Star Wars crafts for kids, games, and photo opportunities with hundreds of Star Wars fans. Garrison Excelsior spent the day visiting an elementary school, two different hospitals, and capped the day off with a Philharmonic concert that played several Star Wars pieces. Yeah, I'm going to add on a bit to that one. We were, we were very pleased that one of the hospitals that we went to set it up that we were only going to meet with the kids in their activity room, that that hospitals decided not to do room visits. And so while we were a little disappointed, you know, we're going to follow their rules. Um, but I think once the organizers saw that there were only maybe four kids that were well enough to come down to the activity room and lots of kids that were going to miss seeing us, they're like, okay, we're doing room visits. And so we got to walk through like three or four different wards and, you know, just wave through the window is, you know, all we could do sometimes. But that's that was enough to totally, you know, bring them out of their situation and and have something new and fun to look at. So I was so glad that they made the, the last minute decision to let us go visit the kids that couldn't come and visit us. So uh, Costa Rica Garrison had two events. First, they were invited by the local Sabre Guild to an event on the Creative Campus from Latina University. And then they went to Terramal, where there was a large Star Wars collection on exhibit and, of course, plenty of Star Wars fans to pose for pictures with. Ecuador Garrison celebrated May the 4th by trooping in the streets of their capital city, Quito, and they also deployed 14 members to a local shopping center to ensure patrons were celebrating the holiday properly by getting photos taken with life-sized action figures. Empire City Garrison spent the day trooping with the New York Philharmonic at the Lincoln Center and visiting a few different hospitals. They visited the Stephen D. Hassenfeld Children's Center and participated in the meet and greet in their children's activity room. They also visited NYU Langoni's Hospital for Joint Diseases. ECG troopers were escorted by hospital staff to numerous rooms to visit to visit the children. The children were shocked and excited at our, at our appearance. This was a surprise, and the visit really brightened up the day for these kids. It was an amazing and emotional experience, as always, when we visit these kids who are bedridden. There were many photo ops of the children, parents, and hospital staff members. And they went to Fink Children's Ambulatory Care Center, where they were stationed in the waiting room to participate in the meet and greet for hospital patients. And Saturday, May 6th, was the annual Free Comic Book Day, and our members were out all over the world supporting their local comic book shops. Here's a few reports that came in. Empire City Garrison headed over to Grasshopper Comics on Long Island and spent a couple hours visiting with the steady stream of comic fans. The shop had artists on hand to sign comics and some special tie-ins with other local stores on the block. The 501st had a great time outside the store taking photos and handing out citations and attracting people to the event. And the shop was, of course, very happy to have our troopers there and treated them very well. For the fourth year in a row, our Alaskan Outpost headed to Bosco's in Anchorage for Free Comic Book Day, and we'll have a link to a bunch of photos from that troop in our show notes. And not quite Free Comic Book Day, but our Ecuador garrison attended Doragon Comics Weekend 2017 on May 6th. It was a comic slash anime slash cosplay event, so 
they were still celebrating comics. Uh, sadly, my garrison didn't have a troop at a comic shop this year as it was quite rainy in our city and or in my city at least. And uh, usually our appearances are outside due to the space limitations of the, the small comic shops. But we did attend a convention that weekend that had some comic artists. So we still got to celebrate free comic book day that way. Our Aurora Borealis Alaskan Outpost participated in the Visitor Industry Charity Walk, which celebrates tourism's commitment to community with a fun event that raises money for local nonprofits. Currently, over 50 charities benefit from this event. Travel businesses of all sizes support local communities and charities with financial contributions, auction items, door prizes, volunteers, and more. The walk took place in downtown Anchorage on May 12th. Alaskan Outpost partnered with the Alaska Make-A-Wish Foundation and raised $175 in donations for them. Five Outpost members and one Rebel Legion member walked along the 5-kilometer, 3.1-miles route, posing for photos along the way. The walk ended at the convention center where there was food, games, door prize drawings, music, dancing, a beer garden, and fun. We'll have a link to a photo gallery in our show notes. Thanks to Jennifer, IC84864, for that report. Empire City Garrison was invited by the Make-A-Wish Foundation to present four-year-old Mateo with his wish. Chris, TK6744, Jim, TK61375, and Ron, SL5928, visited the family's home on Saturday, May 13th, for about an hour. This was a very small, private event for which they requested two stormtroopers and Darth Vader, with very short notice. ECG was honored to be able to fulfill that request. Mateo loves stormtroopers and always tells his parents he wants to be one someday. His wish was to meet them at Disney World, and the local Long Island Make-A-Wish Foundation made that wish possible. ECG was asked to present Mateo with his wish, and they also presented him with an honorary stormtrooper certificate from the 501st Legion and ECG. An ECG t-shirt, some cards, and rode him and his family up with some citations. Plus, Ron bought some toys, games, and a two-foot-tall stormtrooper from tail. This was a very rewarding experience for all, and ECG was proud to be able to support, make a wish, and attend this presentation. We'll have a link to uh, the photo in our show notes. Thanks to Chris TK6744 for that report. And as Nikki mentioned before, the um, Fire Force Legion's endowment fund is at 88%, so we're almost there. You can make a donation by visiting wish.org slash 501st fan. And the Empire City Garrison attended the Slime Expo at the Cradle of Aviation Museum in Uniondale, Long Island, New York, on Saturday, May 20th. The CAM asked for a Star Wars presence at the Slime Expo this year, which was an interactive day of making for students, parents, and educators from across Long Island. The attendees participated in hands-on activities that promote imagination and creativity, from recyclable crafts to robotic technology. They had fun while learning new skills and making new friends. Slime isn't just STEM or STEAM, it's STREAM. They keep adding letters to this acronym. So nowadays, or I guess for STREAM, it's Science, Technology, Research, Engineering, Art, and Math. Slime celebrates the creativity and innovation of Long Island students K-12. through ECG was happy to come out and support this and add to the festivities and activities. There was a nice crowd throughout the day, and they had a great turnout with 10 members of the ECG and 6 from the Rebel Legion. They took photos and interacted with the attendees, who were very excited to see our members. This event also helped increase awareness of the museum itself, as well as, of course, the slime program. 
ECG ran a small blaster trooper and photo op event during the day that raised $50 for the John Thiessen Children's Foundation. And for longtime listeners of the 501st cast, you might already know, but JTCF is their local charity in New York that brings games, activities, toys, and treats to children at local area hospitals. Legionnaires ended the day with a pizza party in a private room at the museum, and plans have already been made to return to the cradle November 25th, 2017, for their tree festival to benefit the United Cerebral Palsy Association of Nassau County. We'll have a link to a group photo from this event in our show notes, and thanks again to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Member Shoutout. This episode, we're giving a shout-out to March 2017 Trooper of the Month, Robert Webb Jr., TK5991 of the Dune Sea Garrison. Awaiting a heart transplant since October 2016, Rob still goes to troops, never showing his pain or weakness. He has a deep love of Star Wars and wishes to give as much back as he can. He fights every day for his life and still finds time for others. To really put this into perspective... Trooping in costume is difficult enough, but Robert also needs to carry an 8-pound backpack with medical equipment and try to fit it under his snow trooper costume as well. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine having to carry around extra weight while trooping. That's, And I also heard that he can't travel more than two hours away from his hospital because he needs to um, be able to get back if they find a heart for him. It's just amazing that he's willing to still do this when he has, obviously, his own concerns. He is definitely the personification of the term trooper. Indeed. Good job, Robert. I hope it uh, happens soon that you get a new heart. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on our website, on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Star Wars Podcast's Android app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st Cast. Our Imperial Officer Corps finished up their first new... Uh, here we go. There's there's uh, 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 outtake number one. <laughs> Our Imperial Officer Corps finished up their new. F- uh, yeah, it's it's we're off to a great start. Governor, oh my! I see why you wanted me to go first, Nikki. <laughs> okay. Govern- I'm not even sure. Have we heard that name on air? No, I don't think or so. Is it just Bryce that they say? It's a, a, Arinda. I'm assuming. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to start that over. And uh, have fun with this next one, Marcus. Okay. Let's see here.
Wow. That's all I got.